Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by one of the best reporters in the business. It's Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, and we'll find out, will Emmanuel quickly get traded despite his recent run of hot play? Is Obi Toppin potentially on the block? And which two teams are favored to go get Cam Reddish? All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are locked on Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online now has you covered more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts, and we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. So if you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube so you never miss a video. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I'll be joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. But today, a very special guest. We have Michael Scotto, who is a reporter, writer, and podcast host. For Hoops Hype, um, he is absolutely fantastic at his job. Uh, we recorded this episode last week uh, when Michael put out a, a big piece on the Knicks uh, talking about which teams are most interested in Emmanuel Quickly, which teams are most interested in Cam Reddish. Um, but I pressed him on, on those topics and whether or not uh, Obi Toppin could potentially get dealt and whether or not the Knicks uh, could trade for a star in the near future. So all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. All right, as promised, we are lucky enough to be joined by Michael Scotto, reporter for Hoops Hype, host of the Hoops Hype podcast. Uh, Mike, uh, you you just had an article breaking down um, the Knicks potentially uh, dealing Cam Reddish and an update on Emmanuel Quickly, who, much to the chagrin of Knicks fan, it, sh- it certainly caused uh, quite quite the stir on Twitter. Um, he was he was deemed available um, to certain teams. Uh, the asking price was a first round pick, but now it seems more likely than not that the team won't trade him given how well he's playing as a starter, you know, 20 points, five assists, five rebounds um, when he's been in the starting lineup and how well the team is playing. But just to play devil's advocate here, why do you think quickly was on the market in the first place? Well, I mean, first off, I had said the teams that expressed interest in him, which I don't, you know, I think that's the thing that needs to be said. Um, You know, like, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Washington Wizards, they had been looking for um, upgrades and whatnot. And, and there was a third team as well. But as far as, uh, you know, Milwaukee goes, I mean, they've been looking uh, to see potentially if they can get an upgrade over George Hill um, and Javon Carter, uh, potentially as they look to try to make a title run. Um, and as far as Washington at the time, you know, they were dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, DeLon Wright's a guy that they obviously value and Jordan Goodwin is a guy that has uh, played well for them. But at the time when they were checking in, um, you know, they were shorthanded and it was a guy that uh, piqued their interest a little bit. Um, But as far as the Knicks, you have to decide if you're going to keep Manuel quickly at a certain point, long-term, if you're going to pay him, are you going to pay him, you know, 10, $12 million or something along those lines? I I think those are the type of questions you as a front office have to figure out, you know, I think Ian Begley had touched on Obi Toppin as well as a potential guy that they would look to see. 
Um, I, I think on one hand, some of this is a mixture of due diligence. And, you know, you're always going to get calls coming in with teams that have interest. You have to listen. Um, you know, no player in the, you know, it's not like the Knicks have players that are quote unquote untouchable. They don't have a superstar guy. They have a bunch of really good players. Um, they have two guys that become could become all-stars this year in Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. But anybody that says that you don't listen or somebody's untouchable, they have to be a top like 10 player in the league. Other than that, that doesn't exist. Everybody yeah. listens. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thought process with what Emmanuel quickly is. Um, for the Knicks, just deciding, is this the guy that they're going to keep long-term? Essentially is like one of their sixth men off the bench because Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett are entrenched as the backcourt and Quentin Grimes, who they did not want to part with in the Donovan Mitchell trade, is starting for them and, and, and getting up the bulk of the minutes as well um, in the starting lineup there too with Tom Thibodeau short rotation. Yeah, I think I think it's a key point because this is a front office that uh, this is this is a, a point our, our friend Prez made that if anything has been too conservative with their assets, right? They haven't been known for for trading someone too early. They haven't been known for parting with their younger players on the cheap necessarily. They've valued them, if anything, more than other teams across the league do, and that that's kind of been the consistent sense that that we've heard from from newsbreakers such as yourself that 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 is kind of the perception of the Knicks front office. And, and I guess the, the point of moving him, the argument for moving him would be, all right, is he worth more or, or would, would a first round pick you get for him be worth more in a star trade than quickly would be himself, particularly on a new contract. And I guess along that line of thought, if, if they were to have an about face, if they were to decide to trade him, what do you think quickly's value is around the league? Like, is he, is he worth a top six protected first round pick? two, three, four years from now? Is that is that a lottery protected first round pick? What do you think he would fetch if the Knicks just said, you know what, if we're trying to make a star trade, we'd rather have give the team the flexibility of choosing their own guy rather than quickly making, I don't know, 16 or $17 million a year. I mean, I think you're kind of shooting a little high on that that estimate, but I maybe, think we'll yeah. quickly, you know, could quickly potentially get a maybe a top 20 to 25 pick protected somewhere in the back lottery. Excuse me, in the back of the first round, maybe. But so far, I, I I don't think that's come to fruition, or else you know something might have happened at this point. Uh, one of your questions to me was about what's more valuable, quickly on a new contract or a potential first round pick down the line. For whatever reason, around the league, it always seems like the picks are more valued as currency because they're kind of this unknown lottery ticket in some ways, and. Um, they're just future assets down the line. It's almost like, almost think of it as like kind of a cryptocurrency in a way. Um, you know, like like Emmanuel quickly, you know what he is. You know, he's a spark plug guy off the bench. Um, he can get, he's a streaky shooter. He can get hot. He can also be cold. Um, not a traditional point guard, more of a combo. Um, some teams like that, some don't. Uh, so, I mean, it's really beauty in the eye of the beholder. But I think, you know, really like a, a borderline first round pick is a possibility, but I, I obviously like it hasn't come to fruition yet. I think the problem um, is that a lot of teams around the league right now, there's a mystery of who is a buyer and who is a seller at this point. And we're three weeks away uh, from the trade deadline as of this recording. So I think that's a bit of an issue. 
Um, you don't have teams looking to try to go fully all in just yet. You still don't know for sure what the Chicago Bulls are going to do, what the Toronto Raptors are going to do. The Detroit Pistons have a couple of guys that are veterans off their bench. Well, Alec Burks off the bench, but uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that a lot of teams have been circling around, um, but they have a pretty high asking price if they're going to move him. They have signaled all along that they want to keep him and have him as a guy that's part of their future next year when they're trying to win and compete uh, to try to be a playoff team and get back into the playoffs. So I, I think time's going to have to tell, but for right now, quickly, like if you're the Knicks and you have that asking price of a first round pick, I don't think there's anything wrong with that or trying to, to put that out there because if you, if you get a team that wants that, then you got to think about it. I think anything less than that, you know, I don't know if that's really going to tickle their fancy. He's played great the past uh, 12 games as of this recording. The last game he came off the bench and he played well. But as a starter, he was putting up really good numbers over about 40 minutes a game. Uh, you know, it's Tom Thibodeau's rotation. You know, you're going to play a lot. Um, he's, he's played well. If, if anything, he, he improved his stock with that expanded showing. And, and you know, it's not like it was a showcase – uh, for his trade value, but he certainly improved it given the amount of quality sample size he gave teams around the league that have expressed interest in him. All right, we'll be back with Michael in just a sec. Um, we, we covered Emmanuel quickly. We'll continue to cover him. I also want to get a little into a potential star deal for the Knicks and, of course, Cam Reddish's market. But before we do that, if your New Year's goal is to manage your budget and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought just to watch one show, or that free trial you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. Uh, personally, I've had a lot of issues with canceling subscriptions in my life. If you're, if you're a play-by-play guy, you're always subscribing to a random newspaper or another on a deal, trying to find out about the team that you're covering, uh, but you don't want those subscriptions forever with Rocket Money. That'll never be an issue for me going forward. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Yeah, he's he's top 35 in the NBA in net rating amongst players who have played at least 25 games and at least uh, 20 games total. Um, he has turned himself, at least in the context of the Knicks system, into just a fantastic defender. I mean, his, his on-off metrics defensively stack up there with most any guard in the NBA. And what, what's so fascinating about him is, is his kind of his trademark skill as a rookie coming to the league was right the high-volume, self-created three-point shooting, and that's fallen off a little bit like he's he's down to 33 percent this year it was or he's, he's up to that recently like he was way down below 30 earlier this year after shooting 37 percent as a rookie but I, I could see other teams looking at him and saying like all right he's still like somewhat undersized like obviously he's the long wingspan but he's very slight like is he gonna hold up in a playoff series and I would I would argue yes but I, I certainly kind of see it like where like he's more valuable to the Knicks than he is to any other team. So as, as the sirens go off outside my house, singling, like it's not kosher to talk about trading Emmanuel quickly anymore. I, I guess I want to ask you kind of a big picture philosophical question about the Knicks because there's they're they're playing really well right now. I mentioned it earlier, like since December 1st, third in the NBA in net rating as of a game ago. 
and they seem like they're a very good team, but obviously to your point, there are two borderline all-stars. There's not a surefire star here. What do you think their mindset is like? And, and, and you could even, you could even throw your own opinion on this in terms of how to leap a level. And, and clearly for them, like the idea of giving up a bunch of assets for a top 20 guy, but not a top 10 guy in Donovan Mitchell wasn't really palatable. So I guess given that, do you think it's just a bet that a, a better superstar will come forward or there's someone who's a better fit in terms of being a wing instead of a guard? Like, what do you think their big picture thinking is at this point? That's tough to, that's tough to say because I think a lot of rival executives around the league expected the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell, quite frankly. And I think that when you look at Donovan, uh, this is a guy that's a proven playoff performer and a guy that, uh, you know, has roots here and would have been in the prime of his career. I think he and Jalen Brunson combined would have made this team certainly in the top six in the East. And they're already there now, but more solidified. I think you could have made a case that could even be a little higher than that, given the way they played and, and Julius Randle's all-star campaign uh, caliber season for himself. Uh, you know, is there a belief in that front office that they can, that they have to ask the assets to get the next available star? Yes. Is there going to be one that comes along better than Donovan Mitchell? I don't know that. I, I thought Donovan Mitchell at the time was the best star that was going to be available. You know, I know teams around the league will look at, you know, is Bradley Beal going to ever become available? Is Zach Levine going to become available? Uh, could, you know, Minnesota one day decide that Carl Towns could become available and they have to break up that front court tandem of him and Rudy Gobert. And they just gave up all these assets to get Gobert. Um, that's a game of what if Donovan Mitchell was there um, and, and, it, and it didn't get done. Now, you know, it, it depends, you know, if some people may say, well, would Danny Ainge have really ever traded Donovan to the Knicks? That's a question that that's for fodder. Um, but they certainly had on paper the, the most amount of assets to get it done in terms of picks, Quentin Grimes, you know, RJ, you name it quickly topping. They had, you know, young players that are good. Um, so it, it didn't come to fruition. Obviously they felt the price was too high at a certain point. Um, but at the end of the day, Rudy Gobert, kind of skewed that market towards it being an overpaying market. You could say the same even for DeJounte Murray. Um, you know, the big blockbuster trades for those teams haven't panned out yet. It's panned out for Cleveland because they already had players that were established there and he was coming in. And for them, they're not going to get a guy like him in free agency. They have to trade for him. The Knicks, big market, you know, they have signed guys in the past that are stars like an Amari Stoudemire. Maybe not as often as people would think, but they have landed guys. Um, you know, they did just come off getting Jalen Brunson in free agency. Um, he's been one of the best free agent additions for the Knicks since Allen Houston. So I think they maintained flexibility in terms of having draft capital and assets to acquire another star. I just think that Donovan Mitchell was the guy that they probably should have gotten. Um, it just it, it didn't happen. And at this point now, I'm not sure who the next star is going to be available and when at this point. And I think, I don't know if I would say that that's a concern, but you're going to be teetering on this level for a little bit until you add another star. You know, 
Jalen Brunson and, and, and Julius Randle, again, having all-star caliber seasons. But when you think of the term star, I don't know if you put them in that same category, even though they're having great statistical calendar seasons. When you think of a star, you think of more of like a, a perennial all-star, a guy that is someone – and maybe Jalen Brunson could become that now with the Knicks. He's certainly done well with an expanded role. Um, but in terms of a proven – all-star and somebody that's a franchise cornerstone. I don't think you could say both those guys are that. Yeah. I think that's, that's completely fair, especially I, I honestly think how Randall performed last season was probably a big factor in them not going ahead and trading for Donovan Mitchell. And if you had gotten this year's version of Randall last year, I mean, the Knicks could have talked themselves into like a quote unquote big three and said, all right, we're willing to give up those picks. We're willing to give up those young guys because we have three players who can make the all-star team. And, and if you have that, you kind of got to be content to throw away everything else and do it. But they, they didn't know that this is what was in store for Randall. Like there was a real scenario where they were like shopping Randall essentially for nothing this summer. So I think, I think that is a, a valid point. Um, and I, I guess we, we won't really know how it would have gone, but I, I guess I'll, I'll kind of rest on my laurels that the trade always made more sense for Cleveland, given what they already had there. Um, I, I wanted to finish up talking about uh, Cam Reddish, who, who's obviously also mentioned in, in this piece and, and his fate seems uh, far more inevitable than Quickly's in the opposite direction. Um, obviously ha hasn't played for the Knicks since his benching, even in, in situations where the Knicks had dire need for another player. Tom Thibodeau said, no, he's benched. He's gone. He's forgotten. Um, so you, you noted that uh, the price um, the Knicks would want for him is two second round picks and the Lakers and Bucks are both interested um, I guess where that leaves me is why hasn't this gotten done yet? Is, is it sort of both teams doing their due diligence and seeing if there's something better out there they can get for their two second round picks? Because I know the Lakers had it, at least reported interest in him as far back as last year. And for the Bucks, I mean, he, he just, at least on paper, makes a whole lot of sense as another lengthy guy who um, still didn't shoot great from three this year, but had stretches of shooting it very well from three point mm -hmm. range this season. Um, and as you note in the article, a career high 45% from two. And I think the big development for him was that he was kind of more content to play a little bit less hero ball and, and fit into a team structure. And, and to me, at least he looked really good on offense when he got consistent minutes with the Knicks. All right. We'll be back one final time with Michael. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to know, because I'm a little worried about our guy after a bad run of play after a long time off due to injury and clearly not having the trust of Tom Thibodeau plus the whole Julius Randall, maybe being an all-star thing is Obi Toppin. On, on the trading block for the New York Knicks. We'll ask Michael about that in just a sec. But first, I had to tell you guys, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And the latest NBA odds, personally, I am looking at that Heat-Pelicans game. The Pelicans have a bunch of guys out. The Heat, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I would, I would take the Heat going away there despite how good the Pelicans are. And BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Yeah, I think you used the phrase due diligence. That's that's what I would say, um, you know, when you're expressing interest at this point. Um, you know, for the Lakers, I mean, there's a lot of reasons here. They certainly could use a talent infusion outside of uh, their big three. But, I mean, obviously the ties to Clutch. And with the Bucs, um, you know, in some ways they've looked at getting a, an athletic kind of wing guy. Cam would fit that. Um, and, he could, and he 
I, I don't think he gets enough credit as a defensive guy because of his length, but he has the ability to be a good defender um, and an intriguing upside play at that. If you're a team uh, like the Bucks, a team that is, you know, a perennial playoff team has a superstar, two other one healthy all-star players around Giannis and, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Um, but, you know, I, I just think at this point, Obviously, of the of the Knicks, Cam Reddish is the most likely to be traded, um, and, and that's a mutual thing. Um, you know, why the two first? Uh, excuse me, the two second round picks. Yeah, you got me excited um, for a second. Yeah, <laughs> but no. let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the two second round picks. I mean, look, they obviously traded a first round pick for him. Uh, two seconds, even though it's not the same, kind of equates to that. But you can finagle that a little bit more. Um, you know, where in the second round, that depends on the team and, and, and what picks they have or if they have any other additional picks as well with multiple second round picks. But the Knicks have done well in the second round of the draft. So it's like if you're not going to use Cam Reddish uh, as a guy that's a rotation guy, you might as well offload uh, his contract and try to, you know, one, to do right by him uh, to give him a chance to play somewhere else because um, he's got to continue his career. But also for yourself to, you know, continue to stockpile the the draft cupboard and see if you can either use those picks and find some diamonds in the rough, which they've shown an ability to do so far. They've been able to find some rotation guys um, in that range or, you know, you try to package them in, in, a, in a blockbuster trade, um, which also is obviously on the back of the mind of uh, Nick's management for whenever that next star becomes available. And, and, and last thing, you, you, you noted um, Obi Toppin earlier, and we heard reports that the Indiana Pacers are a team that might be interested in him. I, I just kind of want to know quickly, have you, have you heard anything about the Knicks shopping him, or, or is that or do, you, do you think it's more of a situation where the Knicks kind of want to get a feel how he looks coming off his leg injury, how he fits into the rotation before doing anything rash there? I haven't heard as much on Obi Toppin as far as them, you know, quote-unquote shopping him. I, I haven't heard that, I think. What's interesting for the Knicks is, look, Julius Randle is going to take up a majority of the minutes, especially the way he's playing right now. Um, and I think Obi's going to have a ceiling that is capped because of that. Um, you know, they have tried to play kind of Obi and Julius at times together. Um, I feel like it's had somewhat mixed results. They've had times where they've tried to play Julius with uh, Mitch Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, Jericho Sims. They've tried all different combinations. Even sometimes the Knicks have tried Hartenstein and Jericho once in a blue moon. Um, so it's been interesting to see from that end. But for OB, I just think that for it's a, it's a combination of due diligence and also teams that maybe have a front court need that could play him more minutes thinking, hey, we saw this guy at the end of last year when he had a chance to start and you know for a handful of games and play 30 minutes, do okay. And maybe we can try to expand on that and, and, and get more out of him than the Knicks because with Julius there, you know Julius is going to play probably 35 minutes a night, probably a little bit more than that. Um, and I don't view Obi as a small ball five. I do think he's a four. So at that point, I think it's one, just due diligence on the Knicks, but also like from other teams, looking at a guy that maybe you can – try to take that talent and mold it more in your own scheme. Uh, specifically with the Pacers, I know that report was out there. I, I had never specifically heard 
them linked to him, I think it makes logical sense. I just personally never heard them uh, particularly linked to OB Toppin, but on the surface, it makes it makes plausible sense. Yeah, um, I mean, him and Halliburton together would be would be a lot of fun. I think. I think I think you and Tyrese Halliburton would be cool, and me and no, Tyrese I can, Halliburton. I mean, I, Tyrese I, Halliburton. I, 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 you can shoot. You can fill the lanes. It'll it'll all work out. Um, but Michael, uh, I I wanted to thank you for for all your time. Before I let you go, can you can you just tell everyone uh, one last time where they can find all your great work? Sure. Uh, obviously on hoopsype.com. If you want to check out the podcast, check out the Hoopsite podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And probably most directly uh, on Twitter at Mike A Scotto. Yeah, breaking stories uh, seemingly once a week. An incredible resource for anyone who covers or follows the NBA. Uh, Michael Scotto, thank you so much. I appreciate that, brother. Thanks for having me. My pleasure.